0: Hi, I am Klem Pilla. Um, I used to work Welcome to Inquisiti, a podcast about questions on architecture, city and people. Hello, good day. Welcome back to our podcast, Inquisiti, Questions about architecture city, and people. I am Clem Pinla. I'm ai Ward. And today we have a special guest, um, a guest who is very familiar to the two of us. And uh, she yeah. has been uh, uh, one of our colleagues in our institution and we've been working together for quite some time now. And we want to introduce to you, architect Karine paredes Brian. Hello Karin.
1: Wow. Hi. Hello. Hi Karin.
2: Yeah. Hi, hi. Hi Hi Clem. Hello. Oh, I- nice to
1: be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope that we uh you will enjoy this uh this. I'm sure casting. I will. Yeah, definitely,
1: like- definitely. Actually, we were talking before this particular episode and um, we've learned a lot of or discussed and not really discussed. Uh, we talked about several things. So actually, it generates us more ideas
0: to ask her in relation to our topic today. Yes. Mm-hmm. But before we continue, um, we know uh, Karen because we've been with her for quite some time now. But maybe we would want to ask our guest to introduce herself for the Hi, listeners. Right. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay, thank you. So my name is Karen, and I'm an architect. I, um, I'm also an academic. I'm involved in the conservation of built heritage. Uh, and I'm based currently based in Manila. Um, but before this, I did my uh, graduate school studies in Tokyo so I was uh, at the University of Tokyo and I was in Japan for I guess more or less a total of fifteen years before I uh-huh. moved back to Manila in twenty sixteen or 2017 so yeah it's it's um yeah I've been here for a couple of years only and i i'm I'm a rather new academic because I only started teaching in 2018. So, yeah, uh, still adapting to that, still adapting to things here. But yeah, that's basically about me. And um yeah, I'm a, I'm a mom. I have uh, two boys who are very uh, who have a lot of energy,
0: <laughs>
2: and yeah, it's it's a challenge sometimes to cope with that. So yeah, that's about me.
0: So Karin. Uh, it's quite impressive to learn that you have been in Tokyo for 15 years. Or, uh, and then you moved back here in the Philippines for five years. Is, mm-hmm. there, is there something that you miss in Tokyo that now that you live here in Manila?
2: Oh, definitely. I miss my husband because he's still, yeah. still there. Uh... Yeah, so, yeah, half my family is still there. And it's, it's, it's so hard because we usually go back once a year for an extended vacation to spend time with him here, but the kids go to school in Manila. So we, we have to be, to be based here, but yeah, I miss a lot. Um, the food, uh, especially Japanese food in Japan is really different from Japanese food in Manila. So kind of miss that. I miss also the convenience of living in Japan, as well as, uh, because as I said, I'm a mom, I miss all the support structures that help me be a mom you know, in, in, in Japan and I don't see that kind of support here in in Manila
0: what do you mean when you mention the the support system for mothers in Japan what mm. do you think, uh, should be what do you think are the things that you miss now that you're a mom here in Manila
2: There are a couple no? and um, uh, one part. No, I, I think we can we can uh, divide them into two parts. The first part would be the support, the, the not the physical support, but um, providing moms with um, a lot of workshops. We actually have workshops
0: mm-hmm. on
2: on um, before before I gave birth. We had workshops on how to put diapers on babies and how. To carry babies how to give them a bath and we were practicing on you know plastic dolls and that was very interesting because in in manila i don't think they do that um only if you go to a very uh good hospital but we rely on family mostly to learn that but in japan there's the extended family is not very um it's it's kind of non-existent so there are seminars like that like um we do that every three months so they Mm -hmm. teach us like um when my kids started to eat solid food, how to prepare solid food, how to introduce solid food to your baby. And that was super interesting for me because I'm, I'm not, not actually sure if that is available here, mm-hmm. if our health system has, has that kind of support. You know? And also there are people who go to, the, um, to your apartment um, every month to check on your mental health.
0: Wow. Seriously, okay.
2: to check on your mental health to talk to you about how you're coping with being a new mom. Um, are you okay? You know, because yeah, they're being a very urbanized uh, city, Tokyo has a high rate of suicides. So yes. they they need to have that kind of mental health support, especially for new moms, because there is something like postpartum depression. So the other part of support systems. Um, that, uh, that I really liked having in Japan. No? There's, uh, number one, there's this place that we call the Jidokan. Now, mm-hmm. The Jidokan is like a, com- a community sports center, no, but it's not really a sports center, but it's, it's, um, it's a place where kids can be tutored in the afternoons while their parents are still at work. It's a place, there's like a gym, there's also a small library, there are several classrooms no um, but usually it isn't used. No? the ones that I went to in Japan. what I, uh, I I went to the Jidokan mainly for company. So my okay. kid would see other kids no? and okay. they had a play area. They had a play area, there was a stock of toys there. and you could play with everything, just put it back afterwards. No? And it's so nice because of course our apartments in Japan were tiny. And kids need really to crawl and to play and see other things. So it was nice seeing that kind of thing. And even in the shopping malls, in in, in the middle of, of the shopping mall, the department store for kids' uh, stuff, there was a small crawling area for for, okay. for, for kids. You no, know? and, and that was padded with foam. It was very safe. So a place for moms or dads to sit and watch the kid while someone else is doing the shopping things like that Mm -hmm. as well as parks you know a lot of a lot of uh pocket parks not the big there are big parks of course like for example in in Tokyo you have Ueno Park Shinjuku Park Mm -hmm. these are the big um public parks but even in the smaller communities you would have Yogi (laughs) Yogi, yeah those are the big ones the Yogi Park Mm -hmm he uh, be a park but there are smaller ones especially if you live in a residential community there is mm-hmm. a small pocket park know that people use for example as a jogging path know they go around yeah. and around the park i used to do mm-hmm. that when i was pregnant no, wow. not jogging but walking but yeah, yeah. because my doctor said your I legs. Walk. yeah and they have equipment they have equipment um for people who want to exercise No park equipment there are it's not the gym equipment that you see mm-hmm. because, of course, that would need to be maintained. But these are more of, like, balance beams, twisters, yeah. or stepping machines that are you can use. They're out in the open. They're um, kind of weatherproof. But also, mm-hmm. there are playgrounds. And that's what I miss in Manila. There are no public playgrounds for children. So I have to go to the mall. I have to pay for them yeah. to use an indoor playground. And that's, that's the kind of support I need. Like, why do I have to pay for an indoor playground? There should be an outdoor playground. Um, yeah. Because kids need fresh air.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that's true. I have days. a follow-up question about that part. So sure. um, some of the support systems, such as the seminars and, um, uh, what's this? Um,
0: the visits.
1: pre pre um pre um giving births um like um, mm-hmm. seminars and workshops yeah. are these um government initiated or is yeah. it privatized oh it's government no, initiated it's, it's government oh, uh, it's
2: a government program and
1: it's and all free how, so so you kind and of they give you gifts. so when you got so when you get pregnant, you, you go to, like, uh, your, I guess, uh, prefecture or maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, city. Oh, yeah municipal prefecture. hall, yeah. Municipal,
2: and
0: okay. I okay. don't
2: know if you notice, I sometimes in, in um, the, the trains in Japan, women have this um, keychain that says, I'm pregnant.
0: Oh, no okay and yeah you yeah. have to go
2: yeah yeah you have to go and the purpose of that is, is so that on the train if you see a woman with that keychain you are encouraged not required you are encouraged to offer her your seat because like there are seats for the for pregnant the elderly um disabled you know? there are seats that are set aside from them on each train so if I go there and someone who's sitting there um, sees that I have that tag, that it's a pink tag, and it says there's a baby in my tummy in Japanese. Aww, that's so Literally, cute. it says there's a baby in my tummy. And that's when you get connected into the whole support system. So it starts with that. You register with them. You say, I'm I'm, uh, I'm having a baby. And they give you a baby book. So the baby book comes from that. Um, and that's the baby book you use throughout all your visits every every um, maternity checkup and even all the shots of my kids they're there so the the baby book is not only after you give birth but it's yeah, it's sort of like a mommy baby book and Ooh. they actually check this they actually check this when you go to preschool and kindergarten and if you're if your mom doesn't write anything so, um. Yeah, they, they think lowly of you if you don't write oh, no. anything. Like, oh, Whoa. this month, my my. Yeah, you should. It's it's a career. <laughs> so you have to write yeah. it down. Um. Oh so my my kid started um crawling today. He sat up today. He started food uh, eating food today. Um. And even like uh, if he received any sort of shot, you have uh, his teeth when they came out. You have to note that. It's 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 actually kind of scary that system. But yeah, that's when you get connected to that whole thing.
1: Okay. So given so given all the support systems that you had in Japan from mm-hmm. pregnancy, oh actually, even pre-pregnancy, when you were also um do your PhD in Japan uh-huh. um, as a student, because you're not just a, a mom, you're you're a lot of things based on our discussion yep, yep. earlier. So as a PhD writer, mom. Um, being in Japan with the, the, all these support systems, uh-huh. um, why did you return to Manila? What made you discern? Okay, To what what what, give it what up. Your, yeah, to, to sort of give up all uh-huh. these systems in that were in place. You know? In a
2: nutshell, my kids had to go to school. And mm-hmm. um, as I said, I'm a mom. And my eldest is actually a kid of, with special needs. And he was not responding uh, very well to the treatments. Actually, the therapy in, in Japan, we received uh, therapy. It was also subsidized by the government. Whereas in Manila, you have to pay for the full therapy price. There's no, even with a PWD card, there's no, no, but he was responding better to oh, okay. uh to the treatments in manila i think it was because of the language barrier because he was uh he had speech delays so his his teachers even if they were talking to him in english he did not want to understand them okay so it was like and i was like um of course it the, the english was heavily accented you no? and that's the thing. Uh, education was free. The kindergarten was free. And even yeah, all the materials, yeah. I wouldn't yeah, stay there yeah. for mm-hmm. that. Um, even if it was all in Japanese. So I think um, if, if my kids could have adapted to the language, the, most kids do. Most kids do. They adapt to the language very quickly. But in the case, I, m- one of my kids had special needs. So that was basically the impetus why we decided to go back.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, how are you able to adapt from a very organized, systematized system to like, uh, you know, navigating through the services here? Yeah. Uh, back to the, uh, the services. <laughs> here, yeah. right. to the services. Mm.
2: It is mm-hmm. hard. And I find that a lot of people are having that kind of problem. You know, how do you adapt back to Manila when you were already experiencing a very organized, very systematized system of government abroad? And I think, yeah, it really takes patience. In my case, I used to work for the government. My first mm-hmm. job out of uh, university, out of uh, college, was I was working for the city government of Manila. No? And I was employed as uh, part of a museum. No? And yeah, I, I, I had I had uh, an item and everything. It was... Um, uh, for example in the academy i i don't remember what what the uh, what the uh term is but i was uh, i was a permanent employee you no know, as opposed okay. to what they call the casual employees no so i was supposed to be a permanent employee i had uh i had an item and everything you no know? and when you're in the government you no know, that was the first experience when you're in the government you really need patience and i knew that right off i was with them for 2 years I knew that meetings took a long time. I knew that you had to coordinate with dozens of people on a single project. And I knew that there were always delays and holdups. In yeah, even if the budget was already ours, I, I had to wait. Actually, that was, that was the subject of my first uh, published article in, in Youngblood because uh, I was working for City Hall for eight months already. But I still hadn't received my salary. Mm-hmm. So they were holding it. Yeah. And that's that that was that's something, you know. And I I I finally put my foot down and I said, you know, if you're not gonna pay me, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit and I I'm gonna sue you guys. And yeah, and that's when they got, and I wrote that article. Um, wasn't exactly about them, but I know in in the byline I put uh, I work for the local government and I still have not been paid because it was about the article was about optimism and everything, and that's it. You no, know, if you want to understand the Philippines, if you want to understand the government, you have to be patient. It's a good thing and a bad thing. So when I came back to Manila, um, yeah, I I pulled on those memories. I pulled. I, I, I relied on those memories that um, I knew I needed to readjust so that's one thing you 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 have to you have to accept that you will adjust again you can't expect Manila to have changed overnight mm-hmm. to improve into the system that uh, you were used to abroad so yeah a lot of patients um, it's improved, it's improved somewhat. I think it's improved a lot in the past years, especially under the current government, but you can't expect it to be um, what you experience uh, in, in abroad. Tokyo. So basically that a lot of patience. yes, a lot of patients, um, and you need to want to change things, but you need to also accept that some things are hard to change and it will take time. So yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, w- one example is, uh, the, the, what do you call this? The transcript of records, no? And that's something we need in our jobs. Right. Uh-huh. And if you apply for that, it takes a long time, even if it's not a government, it, it's still an institution. It takes a long time, but on a recent visit to Tokyo, I think early last year, I went into the office, I told them what I needed and I got three copies of my transcript in 20 minutes. So that's that's I was like oh this is why I miss Tokyo but yeah when you go back to Manila you have to you have to um, understand that it's a different matter altogether so yeah I miss those conveniences but I have to live with it.
1: I think in Tokyo, uh, I I guess generally in Japan mm-hmm. they have a sort of um they always have this um, culture of harmony amongst yes. yeah everyone mm-hmm. is just you know I guess it was embedded. As their like it's um, a childhood, thing. yeah, and a cultural yes. thing that you need to have like a certain harmony. Um, yes. but uh, I guess here in the Philippines, we're quite, you know, we're quite a democratic society where mm-hmm. you know we're, we are. We have, the, we have a lot of freedoms to do mm-hmm. the things we want to do. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily, sometimes it's constructive, sometimes it isn't, but yes. in short, it's quite a democratic society.
2: Mm-mm. In
1: Japan, I could see how, you know, they're more, For I computers. guess, yeah, we have to maintain the harmony. So, yes. you know, just, just not to disrupt, like, um, uh, things, or, you know, we, we don't, we want to encounter less disruptions. Therefore, mm-hmm. we they maintain the harmony. Although they're expressive mm-hmm. through other things mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. their art, mm-hmm. their yeah, yeah, their art, their arts, their culture, their um, their right, you know, um, the Akihabara is an example
0: of oh, their yeah. expression,
1: their catharsis, right?
0: I was actually amazed by, by the point when you mentioned that we have been improving for the past few years. And I feel that it is something to aspire for and to look forward for. But still, I believe we could still learn a lot of things from yes. from abroad, but do you have some points in mind that uh, we could identify about the things that we could learn from these, from Tokyo or from any other foreign cities? Mm,
2: I think a lot, No. Um right now, especially in, in, uh, during the pandemic. So I'm, not, I'm not an urban planner, that's not what I studied, but um, I came to appreciate that as a resident of Japan, how, how communities could survive on their own, even if they're closed off. And that's what's happening right now. No? We're we we are in this, what they call the bubble, no? and yeah. your, our communities have to be equipped to deal with that. But we d- we're not, no, and, and um, physically, we're not. No? That's why a lot of people um, have started urban gardens, yeah. uh, the plantito and the plantita phenomenon, because people realize that they need nature. They need greenery in their lives. And this is something I think that the local and the national government has been taking for granted, I know that there are support systems like daycares here, you know? mm-hmm. and those are also really good. But um, I think they they would also benefit from, um, you know, assessing other programs abroad, how they're done, um, and how how this could be improved. But uh, it's it's nice, no? because um, uh, uh, the, the, the I think there are certain elements already in place. Because we have, uh, for example, the health center, mm-hmm. no? we have the daycare center. So the health center is, is basically for immunizations and, and everything no? um, for that particular community and also the daycare. And we have these barangay halls, of course, but there's no park, there's no library. There's no yeah. place for, for kids to connect. There's no place for them to play. So I wish that the government would look at it. I know that um, real estate prices in Manila are very, very expensive, but I think it can be done. Smaller patches of land or developing areas, civic centers. I think that's what they should look into, because yeah, people people shouldn't go to the malls as their only means of entertainment, because what what we see now is that people they're um, they have to be they have to stay at home right but mm-hmm. the spaces at home sometimes are not very humane you know? yeah, we're, conducive. We're still an asian, yeah. not conducive to what you need mm-hmm. to do so th- we're an asian culture we are still in um very much uh in the business of having a shared bedroom for example you would yeah. sleep with your brothers or sisters and if you have to attend class, what happens? What happens then? So mm-hmm. we need we need to have you know kind of um, it's hard to expect those sort of spaces in um, in the residential homes, especially if the urban poor. But maybe the government should respond to that by providing civic centers, even areas that are open air that just mm-hmm. are. Under no, even with social distancing, I th- I think this can happen where kids can have internet connection, kids can um, read books, and have their own you know cubbies cubicles where they can bring their gadgets and and listen and and participate in a class you no know? even even with social distancing I think this can happen because most people would keep their kids in their homes, yes. But there are people who really do not have the facilities in their homes for this. So the government should respond to that.
0: It's very amazing to point that out because we actually have um, lacking of common spaces in the city, especially Mm -hmm. parks, greeneries, wherein we could um, appreciate and explore things even though we are socially distanced, especially in the middle of the pandemic or spaces where we could attend homeschooling, especially if you have a, a limited space at home.
1: Yeah, and I, I actually, I, I guess the, in, in a nutshell, it's like, it's important to have, you know, um, social we- welfare, you know, to, to boost the morale of the citizens, right? So if you have pocket parks, you have civic centers, you know, it's a space. It's a space allocated, you know, to do the things, you know, because if you're limited in your place, um, as Karen said, like you are in a multi-generation, some some houses or some places, um, so some have multi-generational um families, you know, in one house, yeah. it's like you have your grandmother, your parents, yourself, and sometimes your children. So you know, it has to be conducive, you know, to. To, this, to these multi-generational families. And of course, um, the safety and security. So if you have a park, you have, of course, you have the street, you know, you'll eventually have streetlights that lead to that park, you know. It's like in Japan, you know. It's safe because there, there are streetlights, you know. There, it's just as there simple as rest. those things. Yeah, and cameras. And, you know, so you have these pocket parks and then you know, of course, they put these, um, they put a playground and then like, you know, um, as, as Karen would say, like these um, exercise um, mechanical um, machines, uh, not necessarily electric. But like, you know, these are indicators of, you know, oh, the play, there are playgrounds here. There are exercise machines here. Therefore, this is a place for... Um, uh, Was this health, fitness, and for children? So it it kind of tells you, right. It tells you things that you don't need to say. Like because in I could I could see like in parks here. You know, it's just you know grass and so There's no and,
2: equipment.
1: Yeah, There's it doesn't equipment. become conducive. There's no, you know.
0: even benches or tables.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you can't really but say they, this is a playground. People
2: <laughs> lie down there and and camp yeah. there. But I think you can control that. Yeah,
1: why yeah. just allocate to tell them literally this is a playground, you know, you just have to, you know, make it a sprawl, you know, sprawl it out. And or you be you, a, you, no, you know, It's a, sensitive. in a way, right? Urban planning is like mm-hmm. a psychological,
2: yeah. But also as designers, no? No, looking mm-hmm. at the furniture, if you don't, because the main thing in Manila or in the Philippines is that you don't want homeless people to sleep there. Yeah. But you can make benches that are not for sleeping on, but you know, can support your weight if you're tired of jogging around, you can just it can just be, you know, like pipe, because I've seen those in mm-hmm. in, yeah. in Japan. It's just a pipe, you know, and it's not for you, it's it's for you to sit on, but with the idea that you won't be sitting there for a long time. So yes. there's a way for designers for us as designers to respond to that, you know, in in um we don't have to design only houses. I think public furniture is also very important.
1: So you're, you're quite a polymath. You're 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 not just an instructor, but you're also a romance novelist. And this is like legit. Like you were actually you're on you have a publisher and you've published five um, novels to this date. And um, you also do research, academic research, and you're currently working under heritage conservation so how do you juggle all of these things given the existing support systems not just for public but also private from the funding for the morale the you know intellectual discussions discourse the nuances so how do you juggle all of these things and not to mention you're also a mom so so you know, it's yeah, like that's everything. a lot. It's actually, yeah, right? a lot. How do you how do you juggle all these things? What what is your time allocation? How do you manage expectations and so on?
2: I think, um, other than allocating specific uh, a specific time for them, no, um, it's. I think it's very important for you to find your support group or to build your tribe, mm-hmm. because it's it's these are things that. Um, you cannot do alone. And that's something that I think we have to realize. You don't have to do it alone. It's fu- It's more fun to do it with friends. So find the people who want to do the same things as you. And you motivate each other. We can't rely on, for example, government support or institutional support on that. We have to do it by ourselves. Um, even in, not only in Manila, but even in, in um foreign institutions, um, it's not spoon feeding. You have to find your own tribe and you have to grow your own tribe. And when you're with the right kind of people, they will actually help you. They will steer you towards what needs to be done. For example, um, just plotting out your time, making time for things. They, They will actually give you the feedback for that. So I think having the right friends or finding the right friends is crucial also the attitude Um, relative to that is the attitude because as I said, you can't do everything by yourself. So you have to be open to collaboration. You have to set your limits. No, I know that a lot of us are perfectionists and we want to do things a certain way, but there are certain times when you have to let go and you need to let other people shine also. And that's very important to know your place, to know that this is my um, contribution to this part, and from here on, i'm 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 going to um, you know empower other people to do it. it's 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 not only about me, it's also about them. So you're part, you understand that you are part of this whole system. And I think when you understand that, when you understand that you are part of a system, that's when you realize that things like time allocation, organization, these are the things that come afterwards, you know, because it's it's also peer not not sort of peer pressure, but you're learning from your peers, you're seeing how they do things, and because it's a very positive and encouraging atmosphere, you're saying that oh, for me to succeed, that's what I need to do. So yeah, I'll do it. So it's more of that. I think it's it's it enables you to juggle a lot of things because yeah, that's a lot of things, and I think um, a lot of women have this, but. Um, it can be done, but you realize that you need support.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that, actually. It's very much like life coaching and very relatable, especially in this kind of age. It's the collaborative age with the, with the existence of internet and um, technology. I think it is very important for us to connect with each other. I think gone are the days wherein you stay in the middle of your studio and work your stuff and then just come out after you're finished with your work. No, I don't think it wouldn't it wouldn't be possible or wouldn't work uh and in this generation because you need people to look at your work, criticize you and accept criticism and maybe ask help from them and hopefully learn from them and then improve yourself. I think that is something very very important for us to learn that yes as cliche as it might sound you we are not islands uh and that maybe we're archipelagos right we are a group of islands right that we nice analogy to, yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're a group of islands maybe you need to stand alone but most but maybe for other times you need to be with other people to exchange ideas exchange ref, um Resources, etc. You
2: need to be bridges between there the islands. You need to be
0: bridges, right? Yeah. But build your bridges very smart,
2: or at least ferries.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or <airports>. That's <laughs> You need your true. entry
2: point.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Architecture. <laughs> entry
2: point. Oh, if you're looking at it in in, yeah, in built form, no? you need yeah. you need an entrance. Because if you're yeah. super closed off, no one can, de right? I'm I'm so scared to come near you. So you have to be open
0: yeah yeah, Just little
2: yeah. Little, open to something at least
0: a, thank you very much for that uh for that opportunity to learn from you karen i think this is a very yeah, interesting episode it. and yeah. that we learned a lot from it actually coming from mm-hmm. not, although we thank are you. all architects here but um i feel that there's wisdom in this episode and then and that we hope that our listeners also learned a lot from your wisdom but before we end this episode there's something that we want to ask you actually we will be asking this to our guests all of our guests what is your glaring questions about architecture city and people
2: um only one only once again okay. I'll, I'll i'll give you one question. yeah as many as possible <laughs> as many as possible no oh okay. i'll no, give just you just
0: one Two, I'll give you yeah. two.
2: So my first one is we've been talking about coordinating with a lot of people, no.
0: And mm-hmm.
2: yeah, how 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 is that managed in 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 building?? No? Because we have to realize that um, we are not experts at everything, so we need to bring in experts for things.. no? But for a lot of um, sometimes a lot of uh, architectural researchers tend to rely, on themselves, you no. Know? How do you make the connections? How do you make connections with the right kind of people so that you know you can you can be led towards new avenues or new disciplines? Second question is, what do you want? <laughs> so, you know, now this is interesting because there. Are, uh-huh. I mean, sub sub was saying uh, a while ago that we are very diverse as a people, and it would be interesting to find out what people want in their city, Mm -hmm. because people want different things. No, I want different things. It might not be the same as what you guys might want, but it would be interesting uh, from the point of view of of architects, designers, and planners to identify what is it that you want in the city, in a city, in a Philippine city. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's easier before we go on to making that happen. Maybe we can, we can do visualizing first. Mm-hmm. Right, define what we want before we actually work towards getting that or building that. So,
1: your question reminds questions. me uh, this quintessential, qu- quintessential question about uh, uh-huh. what is a smart city? And like, is smart? <laughs> what is a smart city?
2: Oh my gosh, uh, yeah, long
1: and running question. To this day what is a sp- okay this that, that just reminds me of that and I, I actually I love we love having you here um, thank you actually you oh. actually it's 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 been it's been an awesome we have had an awesome time
0: and I think this is a very fruitful episode and I hope the listeners also learned a lot from this and maybe we could have you again next time